0: Whoopie ding (laughs) Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys sound great. I mentioned a few minutes ago as we were going into communion that uh, this series that we're going to be doing is on anxiety, and uh, the Bible talks about that we should be anxious for nothing, and I'm going to read that scripture here in a minute, but as I was doing some research, uh, a pastor named Craig Rochelle actually is doing a series that he came up with that I'm getting these ideas from, and uh, it's called Anxious for Nothing and i started really looking and thinking about that and the reason i felt like we needed to do it in the church is that i had been dealing with the last couple of months just a lot of anxiety and i know many of you are probably dealing with the same thing recently i had someone ask to come meet with me and this was just a few weeks ago and and came in they sat down in my office and said i'm so overwhelmed by anxiety I, it's hard for me to even function And I thought about, well, all right, God, obviously you're saying something here. So we need to see what you have to say about anxiety. (laughs) Look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Philippi. And this is what he says. Rejoice, 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 (laughs) y'all. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about what? What does that mean? It means everything, anything. Hmm. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And look at the result. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's an amazing, amazing promise. But here's my thought. That sounds great, but here's my question. Is that possible? I mean, in the world that we live in right now, you can be anxious. All you have to do is turn the TV on, listen to the radio, you know, the hurricane category. Five. I mean, it seems like every other day, every other week, it seems like there's just something happening, happening that would take away your peace, It would rob you of your peace. And so when I read a statement like this, my question is, literally, is it possible? How can I live this way? And I want you to know that I did some research as I was doing the series. I did some research. And right now, the statistics just in the United States says that there are 40 million people, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, 40 million Americans in the United States have been diagnosed with anxiety. 40 million diagnosed now I ran the numbers that is 15% of our population that has been diagnosed with anxiety that and then they mentioned in the article that doesn't include all the people that deal with anxiety that have not been diagnosed so you could probably maybe double that of our population one in five is dealing with anxiety so I have a question how many of you guys deal with anxiety is there anybody in here some of you are like, I'm so anxious that you even said that. I can't believe you would that. you know, I mean, we deal with anxiety. It's, it's an epidemic. Now, further in the research, I, I wanted to understand where anxiety comes from. And here's what's interesting about anxiety. God created us with this different parts of our brain that respond in different ways. And, and anxiety inside your brain is actually a positive element in there that says, hey, If you're walking down the road and there's a snake in the road and you go, that is the part of your brain where anxiety lives and its job is to warn you of something. In other words, it's the area in your brain where you learn to either fight or flight. You know, not the Bible. That's what we understand. Science say it's the fight or flight mechanism. Like last week, we talked about Beniah, and he runs up on this lion. There was that moment where what am I going to do? And it's fight or flight. And so that's a healthy part of who we are. It lets us know how we should respond to situations. Here's the problem with anxiety. Anxiety is where you stay at that heightened level when you suffer from that for long periods of time. It's one thing, Scott, if I walk outside and there's a snake and I go, ah, and I respond, but then I'm okay. What people that deal with significant anxiety are like is they go home and they think that snake's in the bedroom. And so they live at this heightened state of anxiety for long periods of time. The problem with that is it's not true, for one thing, but the other thing is your body feels like it's constantly in a state of fight or flight, fight or flight, and it is debilitating. It can literally physically make you sick or worse if you stay at that height all the time. Those of you that know what I'm talking about are agreeing with me right now. And yet the Bible tells us that we are to be anxious for nothing. Now, when Paul wrote this scripture, I want you to understand, you need to understand the background of why he wrote this because it will make more sense to you. Here's the deal. He wrote this and says, hey, do these things. No matter what's going on, the peace of God will be with you. Be anxious for nothing. He was not sitting on a beach underneath umbrella with suntan oil going, hey, don't worry. Be happy. Everything's great. You don't have anything to worry about. I don't know why I'm using this accent. He was in prison. He wrote this scripture chained, physically chained to a Roman guard. He did not know from day to day whether he was going to live or not. He didn't write this scripture from a beach when everything was wonderful. He wrote it from a cell chained to a Roman guard. And he said, in everything rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. The Lord is near. So here's here's the thing. Paul knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And so there's somebody writing such an amazing scripture. Maybe he understands that you can have peace while you're chained to a Roman guard. You can have peace in the middle of a hard situation. Those of you that are suffering from anxiety, you need to understand that there's a peace that can reach you in the middle of the storm of life that you're in and you can learn to be anxious for nothing. But I wanna tell you, I'm gonna give you a newsflash. Well, two things. Let me back up. Here's the first thing I want to tell you. I am not ever going to say to you, just grow up and get over it. I'm not going to say to you, you're not spiritual. You should just pray harder. I'm not going to say that because that's wrong. But what I am going to say to you, and the thing I want you to hear, is that we can choose how we're going to respond to anxiety, we get a choice. Everything in life that God has given you gives you a choice. Jesus said it this way. All throughout the New Testament, whenever Jesus would give a commandment, here's what he would say, something to the effect of, whosoever will. Whosoever will. In other words, here's an option. Tim, here's an option. You can choose this way, Or you can choose the other way. And if you go through the Old Testament, you'll see exactly the same thing. God is saying, whosoever will obey, whosoever will tithe. You get a choice. You can choose death or life, God says. And then he says, choose life. And so when I talk about anxiety today and what are some things I'm about to lay out for you guys, you get to choose how you're going to respond. But what I'm not saying is suck it up, buttercup. It's not what I'm saying. But I want to show you a different way. Okay? A few weeks ago in our Running with the Giants series, we talked about Elijah. And Elijah is an amazing guy. He was an Old Testament prophet. He did some amazing things. God did some amazing miracles through his life. But one day, God did this amazing miracle. If you remember this story, you can go back and listen to it. I'm just going to summarize. The kingdom at that time was split, and uh, the kingdom where um, Elijah was was ruled by a very wicked king named Ahab, who sounds very much like a pirate. Ahab, doesn't he? I don't know if he had a patch or not. We don't know anything about that. But there was Ahab, but Ahab was evil, but he had a wife whose name was Jezebel. And as evil as Ahab was, she was worse. And so they worshipped these false gods and, and there was a situation where Elijah called them out and said, let's show up on this mountain and I'm going to pray and, and that let's, let's see whoever's God's real is going to show up. And so these 850 prophets showed up and they screamed and hollered and jumped around and their God never showed up because he's not real. And then Elijah prayed and the Bible tells us that fire from heaven came down and consumed the altar. Afterwards, those 850 priests were killed. So here's here's the thing about Elijah, guys. He stood up against 850 people by himself. Can you imagine that? They're all there. They're wanting to kill him. He's standing there by himself. So this is not what I would consider someone who is a scaredy cat. But can I just show you something that I think is very interesting? He stands up against those 850 men. But then a day or two later, he gets a note from Jezebel and says, I'm coming to kill you. And what does he do? Some women can be rough, Jack. I mean, that's, I mean, he's like, hey, I can stand up to 850 guys, but one bad woman made him run, and all the guys said, hey, that was the quietest y'all have ever been. That was awesome. Y'all are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Pastor. That's wrong. I'm sorry, I just thought it was funny. But he takes off running. He takes off running, and and there's four points that I want to show you guys about Elijah's life because he's dealing with severe anxiety right here, severe anxiety. So let's read it, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 through 4. So Elijah gets this message that Jezebel's coming to kill him, okay? Here's what happened. Elijah was what? Afraid, and he what? ran for his life now let me tell you how far he ran he literally physically took off running had his servant with him he ran geographically as far as he could run before running off into the ocean he ran as far as he could go okay so he ran for his life and when he came to Beersheba in Judah he left his servant there while he's, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush and he sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. I want to talk to you guys just for these next few moments about what happens when we've had enough. Because let me tell you something. Until you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, nothing in your life is going to change. Until you get tired of being overweight, nothing's going to change. Until you get tired, of making bad decisions until you get tired. Nothing's gonna change until you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have to reach the place in your life where you hit a wall and say, you know what? I can't go on like this anymore. Something has got to change. And that's where Elijah's at. It's where he is. So look at number one on your notes. When we've had enough, we run ourselves into the ground. That's some of our vernacular. Elijah ran as far as he could run. But there's a problem from running away from our problems. Because wherever you go, there you are. Was the problem Jezebel? No, Jezebel represented a problem. The problem was inside Elijah. Elijah. That's where the problem was. And Elijah ran as far as he could go. He went to the extent of his ability to run, but he ran himself literally into the ground. And there's two reasons we run in life. Okay, you ready? Our circumstances and our choices. Circumstances you don't necessarily have any control over. Right now, Florida has a Category 5 hurricane that's headed that direction. They didn't cause that, but they're having to respond to it. And sometimes in life, circumstances happen, and we have to respond to those circumstances. But then there are also (laughs) circumstances that happen in our life that are made by our choices, and those are things we choose to do. And one of those two reasons is why you'll end up running. Either you're running from the problem, or you're running from the choices that you've made. So think about that. That's what Elijah did. You know, he was just being faithful to God and all of a sudden this lady threatened him and now he has a choice to make. Am I gonna stay here or am I gonna run? Now let me ask you a question guys and let's this this isn't in the word so we just need to use our creative thinking a little bit. But if God just used Elijah and called down fire from heaven, do you think he could handle Jezebel? Do you think? I mean, there were 850 people prophets over there these bad guys there's 850 of them and God sent fire from heaven to consume the altar I wonder if, Je- if Elijah's response when he got the letter he got the email from Jezebel was hey I'll be on the mountain come on and show up Jack because the same God that just consumed that can probably take care of you that's not how he responded It's not how he responded He ran. And that's what we do a lot of times. Some of you, the reason you have anxiety in your life is that you need to step up to your Jezebel issue and allow God to deal with the problem because all you're going to do is run and run and run. And guess what? Until you stand up to the issue like we saw Benaiah have to do next week, your situation's not going to change. You're just going to be tired. That's what happened to Elijah. Let's look at number two. When we've had enough, we tend to shut people out. We tend to shut people out of our lives. Look at, look at Elijah's story here. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And then he ran on into the wilderness by himself. Now, here's what's interesting. We know that they took off running together. Elijah said, we got to go. And his buddy said, okay, let's roll. And they take off running. And I'm, I'm sure the guy that's back here with them is going, why are we running again? Hey, didn't, didn't God just do that thing back then? Hey, Elijah, why are we doing this? Why, can we talk about this? My feet hurt. Let's talk about this for a minute. But, but what did Elijah do? He ran up and he got to a certain place and he said, you stay here. I'm going to go on by myself. And when he did that, he took the one person in his life at this time that could probably be an encouragement to him. You know, we do the same thing. And guys are the worst. I know because I am one. But what happens to guys most of the time when something goes on? We go into our man cave. There's nothing wrong with a man cave. But a lot of times what happens to us when things start going bad is instead of calling out to the people that are close to us, instead of saying, hey, I'm struggling with an issue, hey, I need some help with something, what we do is we withdraw and we cut ourselves off from the very people that can encourage us and come around and lift us up. And the Bible talks about that. It's exactly what Elijah did. He isolated himself. Now, I'm not talking about when you choose to go away and pray or you choose to spend some alone time with God. That's not what was going on here. He was running from his support. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's where you are. Here's what he did. We shut people out, and then he left those could help him. Let's go on to the next point, number three. When we've had enough, we tend to focus on the negative. We tend to focus on the negative. And that's what he did. He ran out there and looked down here at the, at the next verse. He came to a broom bush. He sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And here's what else he did. He began to say, God, everybody in the kingdom is serving these other idols. Nobody's worshiping you anymore. I'm the only one that wasn't true the lord said i have had he told him later in these verses i've had thousands that have not bowed their knee but see when we get alone by ourselves, when we get when we shut away what we tend to do do we focus on the positive things or the negative things come on somebody negative things that's what we do we, we don't focus on the good stuff, we focus on the bad stuff. And, and I want you to know that, that there's these things that we do, even as leaders, what do we do, we, we have a successful game. You know, coaches will do this sometimes. We have a successful game. And instead of celebrating the victory, we say, man, you should have thrown that guy out at first. Or why did you drop that pass? Or, or you know what, I, I wanna tell you a personal story. Years ago, years and years and years ago, there was an event with a team that I was responsible for. Thousands of people came to this event. It was a huge success. Hundreds of people got saved. It was incredible. After the last event, we all I got the team together of all these people, these hundreds of people that volunteered, high-fiving people, going around. Then I pulled the leaders together, probably 20 or 30 people, and just going around and high-fiving all the things that we were doing. And, and I said to them, I said, isn't this great? But then the, the head boss came in, walked up and said, the lights were wrong tonight. This was wrong and began to point out problems that had gone on at the event. And immediately all those leaders in the room dropped their heads. And instead of celebrating the great victory that God had done, all that that individual could see were the things that had gone wrong. And what happened is that person turned to win into a loss and it wasn't true. The reason I mentioned it to you today is because I remember that to this day. And that's one of the reasons after we do event as a church, I see the things, boy, I wish we'd have done this or wish we'd have done that. But I want us to celebrate the victories because it's a lot better off to look at the victories and the things that God has done than focus on the things that are broken. I'm not saying we shouldn't fix broken things, but we need to celebrate the fact that God is winning and God is doing things. And you motivate people better by celebrating their strengths than pointing out their weaknesses all the time. That's good preaching. And I want to encourage you guys in something today, regardless of your personality type, celebrate victories. Deal with problems, but celebrate victories. Because here's the thing, there's always going to be problems. But what happens is, and this is what Elijah did, instead of Elijah going, I just saw God send fire down from heaven, he immediately thought about what Jezebel could do. He totally did what point number four says. Look at point number four. Here's the worst thing that we can do. We forget God. It's like he got the message from Jezebel and freaked out. And instead of just literally looking around and seeing the miracle that God had just done, he forgot. But you know what? We do the same stuff. You know, we, we make fun of and, and we say things about the people in the Bible. Of Well, if I would have been there, I wouldn't have thought that. Or if I would have been, yes, you would have done the exact same thing. I mean, think about the children of Israel. God leads them out, and the Red Sea parts, they see Moses, stick, ocean, wide up. They walk through on the other side. The Bible says on dry ground. Then they get on the other side and go, why did we come here? Now we're all going to die. We don't have anything to eat. And it's so easy for us to look at them and point fingers, but we do the same thing. We have seen God do miracles. We've seen God show up. And yet, sometimes we feel like he can help us in some situations, but not in others. And we forget God. Sometimes we face our fears while forgetting our God. So, in week one, this is what I want you to think about today. This is for you, for those of you that deal with anxiety. And I'm not talking about a snake in the road. I'm talking about it consumes you. I want you to be honest with yourself right now and say, what am I focusing on? This isn't a Band-Aid. I want you to really look at those areas in your life. Here's the the key. Are you focusing on your problem or are are you focusing on the God who can do something about your problem? Come on up with us. As Wes comes up, I'm going to use him as an illustration for a second. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 through 12. Elijah's rehearsing his problem. He's wanting to die. And so the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him and says, Go stand out at the front of this cave that you're hiding in, this man cave, and step outside the cave for a minute the Lord is going to pass by. Watch what happens. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then, after that, came a gentle, what? Whisper. I'm going to say something right now that I don't want you to ever, ever, ever forget. Do you remember last week when we talked about lions? That one of the points was that a lion can roar and be heard five miles away? The Bible tells us that the devil goes about like a Roaring lion. He's hollering. He's shouting. He's trying to drown out your peace. He's trying to scare you. But that's not how God works. That's not how God works. Come here, bub. How you doing? Good. You good? Yeah. I'm not gonna kiss you. That's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, you're welcome. It's as much for you as it is for me. I just want you. To you know what? God loves you and I'm so thankful for the gift of God that's in you. He's blessed you to bless so many people. Thank you for being faithful. God whispers. Why does God whisper? Because it's intimate. He's close. Did you see Wes lean over? God whispers because he's always been there. I got a little chili bumps right now. He doesn't have to shout, but you have to listen. The devil roars, but God whispers. You know what else it required for Elijah? Stop running, be still. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. We're all like Elijah. We run. We try to get away. And yet the peace of God is available to us, but we have to stop and listen. And I love that image of a whisper, the intimacy of God. I wanna tell you something, this is in my notes, but I want you to get it. Remember this, the devil pushes, but the Lord leads. Jesus says, come and follow me. The devil pushes, he hollers, He tries to distract you. But the Bible tells us the wisdom from God is first off, peaceful. Do you feel the peace in this place? I don't have to shout at you to get your attention. Whisper. When I whisper, you lean in. That's what the scripture also says. John 14, chapter 16. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, And I, Jesus, will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And this is the amplified version. What does that mean? He will give you another one. It's the Holy Spirit who will be a comforter. A comforter when you're sorrowful, when you're scared. He will give you an advocate when you feel guilty. He will give you an intercessor, someone who goes before you and prays for you. He will give you a counselor, someone to give you wisdom and advice. He will give you a strengthener when you feel weak. He will give you a standby so you're never alone. And this is what Jesus said, and he will be with you, what? Forever. See, Elijah didn't have to run. The Lord was with him on that mountaintop. And friend, you don't have to run either because he's with you right where you are. Be still and know that he is God. Now, I want you to understand something. This is for Christ followers. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, this is your birthright. This belongs to you as a Christ follower. This is not something you have to achieve, just something you receive. And I believe for for some of you today, especially those of you that may be suffering from anxiety in your life, some issues where you feel pressed down, it's hard to breathe. This is your your wake-up call and just stop. Say, Jesus, you said... Give me peace. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. Block out all that other stuff. Trust him. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, whatever the them is. Why? Because the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Never. People are going to fail you. I'll fail you. He won't ever fail you. Isaiah 30, 21. Listen to this. This is awesome. Your own ears will hear him talking about God right behind you. A voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. You know, all these things tell me you have to listen. Now, two reasons we did this, are doing this series. One is because I believe it's what God wanted us to do, which is a great idea, right? I should always do that. I recommend it for you as well. Here's the other reason, because I needed this. I was having a hard time breathing. I was anxious. I was anxious. I wasn't doing this. And a few weeks ago, Trisha talked to me and, really helped me, and, and I began to study these scriptures, and I began to realize, I'm doing this wrong, because I believe God's word. every word in this Bible is true, and I am who it says I am. So maybe I need to do something different. And at the beginning of the service, I had you guys repeat that. It's true. So if you find yourself today being anxious, if you find anxiety lording over your life in certain areas, stop running, be still, and ask for God to speak to your heart. Amen? Let's pray. Every head bowed, I don't want anybody looking around. I'm not going to ask you to come forward this morning. I'm not going to do that. I want you to search your heart. There's some God wanted to speak to some of you today. He's whispering to some of you today. And it's time to stop running. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm struggling with anxiety, but I want to be free. I want God to help me deal with this. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, I see your hands. You're not here by accident. And I want you to think about something. Those of you that raised your hand and some of you that didn't, that needed to, God loves you so much that he prepared this message for you to let you know that he loves you and that he can help carry your burden. That's how much he loves you. You are not here by accident. And he wanted me to tell you that. Let's all pray this together this morning. Just repeat after me if you'd like to join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me. Today, I ask you to help carry my anxiety. Help me to cast my cares on you. I give them all to you today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what we're going to do. It'll be a little bit different today. I'm going to ask you guys to all stand. I'm going to stay down here for a few minutes at the front. If some of you are here and you want to talk some more about this, maybe you're dealing with some anxiety, you just want somebody to pray with you, I'm going to be down here. I have a couple other leaders down here with me. We just want to pray with you today. Okay? We just want to pray with you. As you're leaving today, look out on the wall remember those envelopes are out there if you want to make sure and do your pledges Um, by the way we raised seven thousand dollars last week for the new building in one week how cool is that so we want to keep going down that road so grab your envelopes out there make sure you pick one up and then I will be down here at the front if anybody wants to come visit and I'll pray with you okay father I thank you for all these amazing people that are here today Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would meet them at the point of their need. Father, that your peace would rule in their hearts. And that, Father, you would guide them and be with them. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Swaying back and forth. Shining in the shadow of stained glass Sunday morning. Shouting hallelujah. Yesterday is gone.